theyeshiva.net. We're page 106, right? On top it should say Nitzavim. Second shear on the Mimer of Tiku, Tiku Bachayda Shoifer. Yesterday we learned a part of the first column. And we're up to the line that starts, Shenivra Ha'olam. Shenivra Ha'olam. So the main point that we discussed yesterday, following the Bavram's question, I don't know if he's here, is not, was um, why there's such an emphasis in this Maimon and many Maimara that creation didn't change oneness. There was a tzimtzum, and the tzimtzum is what allows for what we call bria, or in the Lashon of the Maimer, it allows for malchus, malchuscha malchus kalaylamen, the gili of malchus, which means Hashem's presence as the consciousness of a universe, allowing for the existence of a universe, because malchus is always a relationship, Malchus is leadership, a relationship. Ein melech belayam, a relationship always requires somebody you're relating to. <laughs> it's connectivity, it's attachment with someone. <clears throat> and that's the definition of leadership. Leadership is someone, a real leader focuses on the other. That's what leadership is. <clears throat> You have a leader, I'm a leader because I want your validation, or I want the power, I want the influence, but then I'm not a leader, I'm, I'm actually dependent. <laughs> like the Bissau Salanta said, Pnei HaDerke, Pnei HaKelev. It says in Mishnayis and Saita that there'll be a time that the face of the generation is going to be like the face of the dog. So the Bissau Salanta said, what, what type of example is that? So he said, a dog often runs ahead of its master. When it comes to a fork, it turns around to wait and see where he wants to go. So the whole time, it looks like he's the leader. <laughs> when it comes to an important moment, <laughs> he knows that he's a kelev. He has an owner. He has a master. So he said, Pnei HaDerke, Pnei HaKelev. I may look like I'm a leader, but really, at any fateful moment, I have to see what you're going to say. You know, what do the polls say? Or what does this one feel? Or what does that one feel in order to be able to make a decision? So real leadership, where I'm actually thinking about the other. And not in a needy way, because then I can't really lead. So that's what Malchus represents. Malchus Malchus Kalei So Malchus always requires otherness. And that's why he calls it Malchus, is the source of the helm, the concealment. That can create, that can create a world, a universe. And for this, the Eirin Soif had to, so to speak, be mitzamtzim, as he says, conceal or condense, filter the air, the shefa, the flow of infinity. <clears throat> there should be only the gili of the pchina, the dimension of Hashem as malchus, which is Hashem as the engine, as the core, as the battery, as the consciousness of the universe. And from that come. Their ex- come out, their, come, comes their existence.
And then he added that this tzimtzum is from the perspective of the worlds. But Lagabe Hashem, there's no change. And that's what we discussed at length yesterday. Why this point is so important. It's not just a philosophical point about change, but it also defines the entire experience of how we understand creation and separateness. And the example we gave yesterday at length was when a person can go back and ask themselves, what is the thought or what are the thoughts or beliefs and ideas that may be at the core of a person's self-conceptualization and on those thoughts or on that thought, there's the act, that thought is the axis upon which so many of his or her beliefs and thoughts and ideas and therefore emotions and sensations and experiences run. And that may come from a major sense of concealment, from a major sense of symptom. So the fact that you say that there's a state in which we can trace back existence to pre-separateness, to absolute oneness and infinity, is so crucial and important. That was the main, the main point. So now he goes, continues. When there is the communication and the revelation of the Midah, the characteristic that we call Malchus, it's defined by the Pasuk in Tehillim, which is the Shir Shalyayim of Friday, which was the first Rosh Hashanah. That's how we say it on Friday. Hayayim Yayim Shishi. The day when Adam and Chava come into existence. Hashem Malach Geus Lavish. Hashem reigned. Geus Lavish. He dressed himself up in exaltedness. Geus, right, means... Uh, Geus means, it's, it's connected to the word Gaiva, but here it means not Gaiva as an arrogance, but Geus as exaltedness. Yeah. Somebody who's aloof, somebody who's sublime, like Hamelech Hamerumim. So he says, Geus lavish, so to speak, he dressed himself up in Geus, in exaltedness, in sublimity, in Malchus. It's a very interesting expression. The Balatanya says, yes, and it's slabish belavush geus. Geus is a lavush. Hashem malach geus lavish. He, so to speak, dawned upon him. He dawned. He put on the lavush, the garment of geus. Leo's melech shmoy nikra. Like we say in Adoin Ilam in the morning. Adoin Ilam Hashem malach beterem kalitzur nivra. He was a king before there was a creation. Like we said yesterday, When everything came into existence based on his desire, Right? How can you be a melech before anything else was there? So that's the Hayahu Bulvad. The whole creation, the way it exists, as part of Ain And then you have Lais Nasav, a Kail, 
Azai Melech Shmoy Nikra. Then Melech becomes his name. He's called a Melech. You know, we could call him a Melech, because there's a world that can call him a Melech. So he says, Azai Melech Shmoy Nikra. That's, that's where the expression comes. Then he becomes defined. That becomes his name. That becomes the Gila, because that's what we become aware of. Shekach Allah Bertsoni is Baruch. Because this was his will. This is what ascended in his desire. To condense, to eclipse, to conceal the light, the transmission, the radiance of infinity. So that the world should emerge. And you say worlds in the plural because there's an evolution of levels, of states of consciousness descending. Until the emergence of this world, which is called Olam Haza, this, this universe. The shuffle, the, 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 the humble universe, Hashmi, the material one. Because you have what's called in Kabbalah, Olam Haziyaharuchni. You also have this world on a spiritual plane. But he says, Olam Haza, this world, the way Taka we inhabit it. Shaboy Nasa Adam. And over there, the human being dwells. That's the inhabitant that we occupy. And the purpose is to ultimately transform the darkness into light. And then there's even a deeper light. It says in Kaheles, Shleimah Melech says, There's an advantage to wisdom over folly like, like light over darkness. Now the obvious question is, Raisia needs Shleima Melech's deep wisdom that wisdom is better than stupidity and light is superior to darkness. So he says, The advantage of light that comes from darkness. <laughs> That's the Pshat. You could learn that light is better than darkness. Okay, I agree. I didn't know we need Shleima Melech to say that if it's there's light, it's better than darkness. He says, not min from dark, not light is better than darkness. The light that comes from darkness has a different type of yisra, has a different type of quality. So literally, you translate like the advantage of from chayshach, meaning over darkness. He says, no, min means literally from the earth that comes min what is this Yisrin? What is this superiority? Yisrin from the word Yeser, like Yisrin, right? Yoiser. What is this Yisrin of there from the darkness? This is the Ratzin of Hashem. And this comes from Ratzin, from desire, which is deeper then Chachma, then Wisdom, then Hasagan, then Comprehension. V'nikra b'zoyer, in Zoyer it's called B'reish Hur Menusa de Malka. Hur Menusa in Aramaic is Ratzin, Desire. So the Zoyer says, B'reish Hur Menusa de Malka. In the beginning of the desire of the king, he engraved Glyph Glyphu B'tiri Law, he doesn't bring in the rest of the language, he engraved gravings which represents the Tzimtzum. In other words, what the Baal Tanya is saying here is, 
that ultimately it's rooted all in Ratzin, it's rooted all in desire, deeper than, than Chachma, deeper than Seichel, because logic itself is created. Logic itself is created. So this Ratzin, that there should be a Tzimtzum, which creates Malchuscha, Malchus Kalei The only Gili should be the Gili of Malchus. What's the Gili of Malchus? The Gili of Malchus is a, a Gili that allows for a relationship with otherness. Otherness means that there is a symptom of the Einsef, there's a concealment of the Einsef, because without that, there can't be a reality of otherness. And this creates all the worlds, all the way down to this world. And then from there, from that symptom, from that place, instead of it becoming a thought and an experience that locks up the person, it becomes a darkness that becomes a catalyst and a springboard for expansiveness and oneness, that light is much deeper than the original light that preceded darkness. That was the Ratzon. That was the Ratzon that, so to speak, motivates the Briya Pri the Tzimtzum. Bereish, Hormenus, and the Malkit started with that Ratzon. Vihine. Tachlis Briya Sa'ilam So if we want to use the example we used yesterday in a person's life, and again, the example was an example about people's own experiences. But that's all rooted in the tzimtzum. It's almost inevitable that every single life experiences its own tzimtzumim. When you speak about, I spoke yesterday about, you know, can you figure out that thought, right, that defines the trajectory of your life? Or those thoughts that may have been implanted in me or in you, who knows, how many years ago and through what experiences. And sometimes it's completely subconscious. Probably usually it's subconscious. So different people experience it to different extremes and in different manifestations. You can't experience, ex- compare any two lives. You know, sometimes two, two people in the same household and in the same lifestyle and the same school, but their experiences are literally from one extreme to another extreme. The same parents... Maybe even twins, you know. <laughs> it's very, almost identical, and yet completely not identical. But the common denominator we see, at least in so many, maybe in all, is that there is this concealment I have to deal with. Or to put it, there is this thought that puts me into a certain box and causes me to experience life and relationships from a very narrow place if you want to call it one form of trauma or another form of trauma, again, on so many different levels and different manner of day, I don't mean to compare life. Some people really experience their symptom in a completely different way. So that's not a mistake. That's not a, my life ended up ruined and a mistake. He says, this is part of the fabric of creation. The whole fabric of creation is based on this. Essentially, in truth, there's no symptom. Like he says. And yet there was a tzimtzum. So it's reflected in the whole story of creation. And that tzimtzum wasn't a mistake. And it's not false. It's not a false reality. From the perspective of the world, from my perspective, I really live in this, in this restricted place in our, in, in our marshal. And I have to acknowledge that. I have to have compassion for it. I have to become aware of it. And from that chayshech comes a much, much deeper oil when I could realign myself and work that through 
and go back to my own internal oneness rooted in the dveikas and ain't safe and infinity. In the beginning of the creation of the worlds, it began when when he had this desire himself. As the Pasuk says, I said that the world is built on chesed, on kindness, on grace. That's in the beginning of creation. So everything came because of Oilam Chesed Yibona. I want a connection. Once there is that connection, he says now it's a relationship. <laughs> so now the relationship is Toloi, it depends on my Satachtoinim, on the work, on the experience of the Tachtoinim, of those created beings who live in this world, who live in Oilam Hazah. It's not just a one-way relationship. Pre-creation, right? So the initiation comes from within. Once I'm in this relationship already now, there's a real relationship. So now your actions, your reality becomes extremely central, becomes extremely important. Choosing to go into the relationship, I choose to go into the relationship. Once I'm in the relationship, now I'm vulnerable. Now, 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 now I'm connected to you. Now we impact each other in a very profound way. So he says, now it's totally b'mayisat So now we go back to when he started. That this month, Chaydesh Tishri, is called Chaydesh. All the months of the year are called the months of the year. It's a renewal within the year. But the one month that's called Chaydesh, Tiku Bachaydesh, just the month, is Tishrei. Why? Because then is just the renewal, the renewal of everything. The rebooting of everything. Not just the specific energy of the month. But the whole Chiyas of all the worlds is Mishadesh. That's what he said in the beginning of the Maimer. And just like you have a head in, in, in a person, Nefesh, you have a head in space, and you have a head in time. You have a brain in time. What's the brain of time? That's Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah. Just like you have every month, Rosh Chodesh, the head of the month, you have the head of the year. And in the head you have concentrated the brain power, the consciousness, it's the seat of the life force of a person, which then is extended from the brain through the central nervous system to every single part of the body until the tiniest particle of cell of the body, but it all begins in the brain. That's Rosh Hashanah. And he said, every year, there's a new chiyos that is renewed, a new energy that is renewed. The question is, what, 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 what are we renewing? So he started to say, this chiddush is that there should be gilui malchusa yizbarach. That's what he started to explain. What malchus is, malchus malchus kalaylama. So now he finishes that point. That ikir man the primary time, ikir, the primary time, of the flow of this rutzen, of this desire, the desire for the very connection, for the very relationship, the desire that is deeper than everything because it motivates everything. It's the quintessential desire that predates the whole experience. Of Bria, he says, the flow of this rutzen is Bereish Hashanah. Shabay yishachos, achayis, klali, shoshana haba. Then is the renewal 
the rejuvenation of the world, because it's the hischachos, it's the renewal of the general chiyos, not just every month you have a rishchaydash, but here we're not talking about every month, we're talking about the chiyos klali. It encompasses the totality of the year, of the next year. And the whole general flow of chayis of the previous year, it departs, it goes up like histalkus. The word histalik, like it says histalik ha'onon. The onon didn't disappear, it just went up. And that meant the Jewish people have to travel. When you use the word histalkus, right, histalkus of a neshama, it doesn't mean the neshama disappears, chas v'shalom. It means the neshama goes into a dip, deeper place. It goes into a higher place. It's not embodied anymore through the guv. That's what histalkus means. It's in, an, it's, in, it's in a loftier space. That's what histalkus means. That's why we use the word histalik. Histalik doesn't mean you disappear, obliterated. The worms eat up the person. Histalkus means goes into a higher realm, a higher sphere. It's not tangible. It's not embodied. So he says, Ed of Rosh Hashanah, the beginning of the night of Rosh Hashanah, the beginning. The beginning of Rosh Hashanah means when the, the sun sets on Chavtes Elul of the previous year, at the beginning of the night of Rosh Hashanah, the Chiyos of the previous year goes into a state of Estalkus. In, in Svarim of Kabbalah it says that the night of Rosh Hashanah is a very, very, the world is in a very uh, vulnerable and weak space. It's like in you know, a transition. It's the time that other Mauritian fell asleep. Durmite <laughs> Yeah, so the chius of the previous year, the chius, the whole chius of the year, the divine energy that is the source of existence, it also, to speak, goes back to the source. It goes up, it ascends into the source. That's the beginning of the night of Rosh Hashanah. Because a whole new energy is coming in. It's starting all over again from the beginning. What happened, the first Rosh Hashanah, it starts all over again. It's not just this relationship started and it just goes. You know, like just a marriage that's a rote. You know, people celebrate anniversaries, birthdays. What's the point? What's the point? You celebrate your birthday every day. It's not stam, right? It says on a birthday, a person should make a cheshbon and nefesh. The point is on a birthday, you, you celebrate every day that you were born. Thank Hashem. There's a it says this week in the parsha. You should guard what comes out of your mouth, what comes out of your lips, and you should do what you said. So there's a beautiful taich. The first thing a Jew says when he wakes up is So <laughs> protect that which came out of your lips. The whole day you should protect those words. But a person should celebrate their marriage every day, right? The Gemara says in Yevamas, the Rambam brings it in Halach and Halchis Yisurebi, and Tzibon and Shulchan Aruch, Tzibu Chachamim, Sheyadam Oye Vesishtay Kegufay, Yomachabad Vesishtay, Yoysim Egufay. Chachamim said, the Chachamim commanded, I love the word tzivu chachamim. You know, the chachamim commanded. You should love your wife like you love yourself and you should respect her more than you respect yourself. Tzivu <laughs> chachamim. It's a mitzvah from the chachamim. <laughs> so that's a mitzvah every day, every moment. So what do we celebrate anniversaries? The point is there comes a time 
when you go back and you reflect on the very relationship. It's not just sometimes religion just go and go. What happened yesterday happens today, happens tomorrow, happens in a year, 10 years, 15 years. But we see from the Shoshana, you go back to the beginning. <laughs> we go back all the, all the way to the beginning. There's a whole new Ischachos. Let's start over again. So Samus writes in Parshas Bamidbar, there was the famous Yid HaKadosh. Yeah, his name was Rabbi Rabinovich, actually, Rabinovich. The Yid HaKadosh was one of the greatest Hasidic masters in Poland. It was a Rebbe for many Rebbes. And uh, so the Sfasem says, why they call him the Yid HaKadosh? Every Jew is a Yid HaKadosh. But it's Yid HaKadosh. So the Sfasem says, I think it's a Parshish Bamidbar. He says that his davening every day, his avoid every day was like, today he converted from being a non-Jew to being a Jew. So every day he was called Ayid HaKadosh. It's like when somebody becomes a Jew, say, Ah, Ayid! So he says, every day it was a matzav of conversion by him. Gatis. There was a freshness. Hayshachos. It wasn't, I davened yesterday, I davened today. That's not Gatis. Gershin is Gair. Kekotin Shanoi Do you remember the first time you put on tefillin? You were excited, huh? <laughs> you watch boys putting on tefillin for the bar mitzvah the first time, you know, a little while before the bar mitzvah. So Rosh Hashanah, this is a reboot of the whole system. And it's not just in our imagination. You know, you need to take a break. So, you know, the, 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 the company makes a, a party. Everybody should come together. It's an Inyan Amiti. There's this Talkus Achius. He says, That's the Pshat that Rosh Hashanah is called the Day of Judgment. We come out, what's this concept? I touched on it yesterday, the concept of judgment. And how, you know, we have a lot of people get very... Uh, you know, emotionally, it's hard. What's Pshat Rishon as a day of judgment? It's, it's, it's really something very beautiful. It means that it's the time when we put into focus, it's like when you're having a relationship with somebody, you'll say there comes a day when we go back all the way to the beginning and we ask, why did we ever do this? Yeah. Why, why did we get married to each other? Now, we know sometimes the answer, we hope the answer is going to be a beautiful answer. And if the answer is not a beautiful answer, that means we have to work. That means we have to work. But it's a beautiful idea that I'm not just a robot. We're not just robots and we, don't, we got into a habit and we just copy what we did yesterday. Like somebody said, somebody, somebody said, we asked me, why am I alive? He says, because I never happened to die. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I'm alive. What else should I do? Yeah. In Hebrew, there's two words. I always tell Bochem. There's two words. There's a word, Ravak and Bocher. Ravak means a bachelor. Bocher means chosen. Why aren't you married? I just never got married, so I'm not married. That's Ravak. Bocher means something else. In every situation, I could just be a victim to the circumstances. Nothing else happened. Why are you in this job? Well, I don't have another job. Sometimes that's the situation, but I have to realize that. Why are you in this marriage? Well, we never happened to get divorced, so we're in the marriage. Okay, Yishikayach. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Judgment here means we have to have the courage to go back and really ask what, what's in this relationship? What, what's going on here? We use the word judge, so we, we, we hear very negative uh, undertones. 
I'm judging you. I don't like you. I hate you. I think you're, you know, you're garbage. And I sit on a throne and I, uh, I scrutinize how bad you are. You know, I'm perfect and I'm busy judging you. So we all get allergic. But like I said yesterday, what does real judgment mean? Right? If Hashem could take you by your hand and say, come, let me show you the thoughts that have guided your life or have obstructed your life or have um, limited your life. And you could see, you know, you could see the highway that you went down. You could see the boulder that made you turn and go into that highway. You know, you could see that. So yeah, you judge it. You judge it in the sense that you scrutinize it, you evaluate it, you look at it, you look at it honestly. So he says, not on Rosh Hashanah. It's like we're in the action. But there comes the time when you go back all the way to the beginning and we ask that question, what is this relationship really about? What do I get from you? What do you get from me? Sometimes the answer is just amazing. You know, you look into each other's eyes and you know right away the answer. And sometimes it's an opportunity to say, there's a lack of trust, yeah? There's something you're not getting. That conversation is not an easy conversation. But without that conversation, how could you live? How could you live a meaningful life? A couple that can't have that conversation. You know, it's called fixing ruptures. There's a rupture. And we could go and repair it and say, you know, where did this go wrong? Where did that go wrong? If I become defensive right away, right away, like the guy who told his wife, I never made a mistake in my life, ever. The only mistake I made was back in 1963. She said, what happened? He said, I thought I made a mistake. If I right away become defensive, what does it mean I become defensive? In other words, there's no room for examination. There's no room for growth. I'm completely stuck in an orbit. In other words, stuck in a symptom. I can't go back to the beginning. And that's one of the key signs of trauma. I can't go back to the beginning. It's too dangerous. You understand what I'm saying? I'm in this hole and that's where I stay. And I peek out a little bit and then I go right back. And this is the orbit I'm in. I can't go back. I can't judge myself. I can't scrutinize. Because if I scrutinize, what's going to happen? It's, 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 it's serious. It's too challenging. It's too painful. And if somebody gets close, I, I attack. You know, if I have a burn and you get close to it, I'm going to attack you. Don't get close. We don't go here. We don't go there. But if this transparency, if you know that you're rooted in wholeness, you're not afraid to go. Because what are you going to find? You'll find skeletons. And beyond the skeletons, you'll find oneness. So there could be transparency. You're not afraid to go back, to go back, to go, to go up that road. And if there's a rock, if there's a boulder, you could remove it, you could look at it. If there's a pit, you could maybe fill it. Or you could at least acknowledge it and see it. There's a fluidness, there's a flow. You know, we could go, it's almost like this is, when a CD is scratched, you know? The song says, Atkan, and you put in the CD again, it's scratched, it's not going to go further. <laughs> Sorry, I don't function any further. If there's a scratch in my brain, in my consciousness, I can't function further. This is it. But in, 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 in a relationship that is fluid, that is open, 
we can go through it. We can we can work it through. So therefore, he says that's the idea of Rosh Hashanah. That's the whole idea of Yom Hadin. We call it danger. What is it? Since there's going to be a whole renewal of the energy. So everything emerges. Everything emerges to the front. Who are you? Who am I? How deep is my relationship with myself and Bimela with Hashem? He says, Yes, Kitrugim. Yes, I was a Kamak Kitrugim Allah Adam in Roy who Lakakli is Nimshach Al Yodri Rotsana Elian Barakubigilim Al Husiyas Barak. The question is, where am I in the relationship? Kitrugim here means a Kabakatrug is a prosecutor. But here what he's saying is, everything comes up. Where am I? Where am I in terms of this connectivity? Ayeka, right? One of the first questions Hashem asks Adam, the first question after the tree is, Ayeka, where are you? So there's the famous vart of the Balatanya. He said in prison, you know the story, Ayeka, right? There was a Russian minister who came into prison and he asked him why Hashem said Ayeka. He doesn't know where Adam is. So the Alter Rebbe said, Rashi asks the question. So he told them in Russian, what Rashi says, I know. I want to hear what you have to say. So the Balatanya told them that Ayeka is a question that Hashem asks every single person. Ayeka, where are you? You lived this and this amount of years, and he actually said the number of years that this person was, I think in his 50s. I think I once read 52 or 50, I think in his 50s. And Hashem wants to know, Ayeka, I gave you a certain amount of kaiches and a certain amount of faculties and a mission. Where are you in that place? Ayeka. Not where are you geographically. I know where you are. He knew where Adam is. But Ayeka, do you know where you are? Do you know who you are? That's the question of Rosh Hashanah. That question is a question I don't ask every day. It's just like in a business. You can't ask every single day in a business Ayeka. Because then that's all you'll be doing. Some people do that. You know, all day. I can't sit in therapy a whole day. And my whole life, that's all I do, asking Ayeka. Yeah, you got to make some money. <laughs> but once a year, you got to stop and let's go back to the beginning. Why am I involved in this? <laughs> Is this who I am? Is this what I need? Am I showing up? Most of a marriage is taking out the garbage. <laughs> Pay tuition. Kids have to be brought to school. You're going to sit and say, so why are we married? <laughs> Supper, laundry. <laughs> The IRS, <laughs> yeah, Yankee needs a haircut, yeah. There's no food for supper. And that's where the relationship happens. But once in a while we go back. The old Chiyos goes back and I go back to the beginning. If I cannot go back to the beginning, it means I got stuck somewhere. There's no flow. There's no flow from the beginning to the end. So Rosh Hashanah, I can only be comfortable with Rosh Hashanah if if I'm comfortable with going back to the beginning. And since it's so hard for us to go back to the beginning, it's a very hard day. (laughs) And people feel it. It's very hard for me to strip myself from all my layers and go back to the the pre-verbal, primal state, 
pre every concealment, pre every tzimtzum. It's that day of completest chachos. And if I have taka been stuck, if that symptom made me stuck in my own little box, I, I don't want anybody to take me out of there. His chachos is too dangerous. But his chachos is everything. It's the miracle of renewal. It's, it's, of course, of course I want to, of course let's judge this. Of course I want to see where the rupture is. And that's the value again of knowing about the place beyond symptom. I'm only afraid of dealing with ruptures if there's no survival outside of it. I, I, <laughs> he thought it's an insult to his dignity. What are you doing? It's like as though I just do nothing. You know, I sit on a couch and, and watch clips. It's probably what he does, but uh, could be he gets paid for it. I don't know. <laughs> He's a hardworking guy. My point is, means there's always a relationship. When the relationship he says there's people, we don't have a connection. Once in a while I remember you and I do my duties. That's called frikasel. In other words, there's a rupture in the relationship. I do everything right. I come home on time and I do my obligations. I fulfill the ksuva. But we're not really in a Once in a while I remember you. But to say that there's an active, ongoing Ratzin and Av, it's not. So there's a mashla. This he calls Prikasel, yeah. In Lakuta Taira, uh, this most subtle elements <laughs> are emerged. So it's called Prikasel. Another person would say it's a wonderful marriage. He remembers God. What else do you want? What else do you want? I should be your Eved, Avadim, no existence. Those words itself means there's no relationship, you understand? Where I should be a slave? Enough, I do shachrits, leave me alone. I do vasikin too. I do plag, minchamayrev together. I'm good. Vazvilstu. But we all know in relationships between people how that works, you know. Leave me alone. <laughs> Next week we'll meet for an hour, no problem, we'll talk. But now, now, what does this mean? It means even then there's no real connection. It's more of a forced connection. So he calls it prikas oil. It's a very subtle form of prikas oil. In a real relationship, we're always connected. We're always connected. You could call me in the middle of work. Because there's a rutz and there's an ava, but for this you have to work through your stuff. There has to be a lot, a lot of trust. You understand what I'm saying? And how do you work through things? Only by judging. Judging in the most beautiful way. It's like, can we, can we, can we, can we, can we look at what happened and what's happening? Yeah. It's not analysis just to sit on couches and analyze for the sake of analysis. It's judging in the sense of, of surveying, of really looking at the reality and opening up to it. And can I trust you that when I judge myself and you judge me and I judge you, it's not in a vindictive way, but it's in a way of real honesty and connection. You know, if you sit with somebody to heal and you feel that they're just judging you and criticizing you, you're never going to open up. You'll become more defensive. This happens constantly. The first thing that has to be established is trust. The only way a couple can look through their relationship and heal the ruptures of this trust, if I'm feeling that you're going to attack me, whatever I say, you're going to attack me, or you feel I'm going to attack you, and right away the other one has to become defensive, we're not going anywhere. Right? We all know that. So there has to be 
a real, real sense of true, true trust. Trust in ourselves and trust in each other and trust in the relationship and trust in the love to be able to work through this. So in many ways, a whole year you prepare for the Shoshana. <laughs> in many ways, a whole year you prepare for the Shoshana. He says, oh, Befrat. The first level of Prikasel was pretty subtle. He says, The first level, he did everything right. It was just most of the day, I have my own things, and then I'll, I'll show up when I have to show up. What happens if there's actually a deeper level of a rupture? If the person is actually not careful either in Sur which is those things I have to abstain from, or I say, those things that I have to do, Again, each person The only way this relationship can work is if we're both crazy about each other. You know, if I tell you I love you and I want to be one with you and I want to and you say I'm not interested or I'm interested only a half a day. So then my Ratzin is also not, because this is not a Ratzin of dictatorship, I own you. So there's a connection, there's a reciprocity here. There's a real, real connection, there's a real, real relationship. So if I give you my whole desire, but my whole desire is to be able to arouse your desire so that we could connect. So it can happen only in two ways. Either I am a dictator, I force you, but then there's no relationship. So the other way is to ask you where you are. You're not here. So automatically what happens? My Ratzin ultimately is also, is also departs. Because it's not meeting anyone. You know, I'm trying to talk to you, you turn away, okay. I could force you, but I, that's not the relationship. So that's what he says. There was not, Rosh Hashanah is a whole new Amshach of Ratzin. It's like we're getting married again. I love you. And you're like, I have issues to deal with. You're not the priority at the moment, okay? That's what the judgment is. The judgment of Rosh Hashanah, again, it's not judgment. I'm sitting and judging you. You know, God is sitting somewhere in heaven and looking through the Google, the li- Google prints out a list and he judges it. He's part of the process. <laughs> he's, in, he's, he's very vulnerable, Kivayachal, in this process. Because it's my Ratzin. It's Hashem's Ratzin being completely renewed all over again. To renew the whole world, the whole existence. Based on this Ratzin. And he says, how is there going to be a Ratzin for Gilui Malchusa? Which is all about the relationship with the other. That's what Malchus is. When from the other side, it's like, I'm not really interested. So, so even the most subtle ruptures in the relationship become obvious and become evident and they become examined. They're examined. What's going on? Because it gets stuck. You know, the ruts and, the ruts and get stuck. It's like when you're talking to somebody, you're giving them their heart and it's not, it's not being received. It's not coming back to you. So there's something there. There's... Something got stuck. You can almost feel like someone, I'll tell you something. And it just didn't register. It got stuck. There's an obstruction. And we want to look at that. We want to be able to heal that. 
That's the din of Rosh Hashanah. The din of Rosh Hashanah is the ability to be able to survey and examine every aspect of my life from the most deepest part to the most superficial parts of where it stands in the relationship to ultimate truth and ultimate oneness. In the parentheses, he brings a source from another Maimer, the next line, Dafnun Dalit, column one, the next column. That's what the Tanakh says. Heaven gets dressed up in darkness. There's Melucha and there's Memshala. Memshala is dictatorship. Melucha is leadership. You can't force yourself to be a Melech. You could force yourself to be a Marshal. The dictators and tyrants of history, they force the people to accept their authority. That's called a Marshal, not a Melech. Like we say in Maidiv, Malchus is always Berotzen. So there's Malchus Chamalchus Kolay Lamim, and there's Memshal Techabachal Dervader. Sometimes I'm not ready for Malucha. There'll be Memshalah. Mimshala means it's almost like a, 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 a there's, there's a relationship. There's always a relationship here because I'm alive. But there's no passion. There's no reciprocity. It's just, you know, I respond to it almost robotically. On this the Pasuk says, We say in Ashrei, there's letters Samach and Ayin. So what's Samach? Hashem supports all those who fall. He brings up Zoykif. He stands, all those who are Kfufim, they're bent down, they should stand erect, Zoykif, like Koymas Kufa. The eyes of all long to you. And you give them their food in the right time. You open your hand and you satiate every living being according to his will. And as it says in the Paiskim, that by that Pasek, it's a key Pasek where one has to have special Kavana intent. So he explains. When we read these Pesukim, they don't look like a sequence, a real sequence. Okay, one idea, another idea, all nice ideas. He says, no, it's one connection. He supports all those who are falling. What does it mean he supports them? That the eyes should long to you. That's the saimach. That's the support. Anoifel means when I'm in a relationship, but there's no passion. So the saimach, the support is that the eyes should long to you. In other words, that the longing of a person, what am I drawn to? What am I gravitating to? What is my desire? I want that Hashem's light should shine in my heart. That the oil malchus shamayim should be accepted by the person with love and passion. So now you have the third pasuk. What's that? Of course, in Tanakh, we have Nekudus. We pronounce it, but it's not written with Nekudus. So, Poiseyach es Yudecha. You open the Yud. 
the hand, Yad, is also Yud, the letter Yud. What does this mean? So now you have all the psukim are saying one thing. Let's go through them. He supports the one who has fallen. He makes him erect. In what sense? What does it mean? That my longing should be towards you. That itself is the help, is the greatest assistance I can have. To be able to trust the beauty, the power of this relationship. Back to a metaphor of human beings. When there's such a deep connection, when there's such a deep deep relationship, you long for it. You want more of it. It's so good, it's so delicious. Give me more. Give me a second call. Give me, give me, give me, give me seconds, right? Give me thirds. If something is imposed upon you, so you do it, and then next, We know the feeling. The call at best, the call of duty, and that's it. I'm not going to run another inch for this. It's enough what I have. But if there's a real relationship, if you feel that this is your core, your essence comes to life, then I want more. So what happens from his side? The Yud is Tzimtzum. The Yud is the whole light got shrinked into you. The Yud opens up. The Mepharshim struggles. It must be a Lechol Chai Ratzah. So it must be a Lechol Chai that you feel his Ratzah. He satiates you with his Ratzah. I feel your Ratzah. Ah. That's the, that's, the, that's the experience. That's the relationship. You could feel the Ratzin. I could feel your Ratzin. In other words, I feel you. I feel your desire in me. I feel your desire in me. That's Masbiya. That fills you up. Masbiya lecholcha. For that you have to open the Yud. Pesech But if there's no Eine Echelelecha Yusabeiru, there can't be Pesech Yedecha. Because it's a relationship. I can give my whole will to you if there's a you. <laughs> if you tell me, thank you, uh, I'm busy, I'm stressed out. <laughs> okay, I got it. Now we go there, we go there to those places because we live often in the tzimtzum. And then, tzadik Hashem b'chol drach v'chosit b'chol masov. B'chol masov. So literally we touch Hashem is righteous in all His ways and He's kind in all of His actions. He says it's a deeper part. Then b'chol masov of the person. Wherever you are, you experience the chassid, the, the, the chassid, the relationship. Like it says, Back to our metaphor. You could be at work, but if this relationship is really wholesome and it satiates you, so then you're still connected. Are you doing something else? That's fine. But in whatever you're doing, you're energized, you're vivified by the connection. When people have a special relationship, wherever they are, it's there. That Ratzon fills them. It fills your soul. And there's no Maisa that's divorced from it. You say, I'm involved in Gashmis. He says, that's fine. It's not a stereo. There's no contradiction. There's an Afila, of course. Yeah. There's an Afila. There's this. Nefila means, I'm, you know, disassociation. There's Kfufim. Kfufim means I'm not standing upright. I'm... I'm bent in, I'm caved in. 
a person is not fully aligned. Sula mutzav artsa, well, to get from Saimach to Tzadik can take a few years. Or it could take one moment. Or it could take one moment. It says in Zoya that Shuv is Beshaita Chadu Berigechadu. One moment, one second. It's not about time, it's about uh, consciousness. Ten years may not be enough, and ten seconds may be enough. You know what I mean? It's a Nakuda. It's not. Uh, we all know there's a Nakuda, there's a Nakuda, boom, there's a shift, there's a turn. So he says, once you experience his Ratzin, once you experience Hashem's Ratzin, so then what happens? So then, even Bechal Maisov, even in all of the person's actions, which are physical actions, you remain connected to the Tzaddik and to the Chassid, to the Chassid of Hashem. Let's just finish this Nekuda. Vihine. The general path to access Hashem's desire so that the gili of his malchus continues to sustain the worlds throughout the year is the involvement in Torah and mitzvahs. Because they constitute his will and his wisdom. The in the Chachma of Torah, you have Hashem's Ratzin. This is his desire. It says in Zoyar, Torah comes from Chachma. But this Chachma is a manifestation of his desire. These are the reasons of the mitzvahs. Now the reasons of the mitzvahs, even though some of them we know now, but the full reasons are going to be revealed in the future by Mashiach. What does this mean? What does it mean? What's what's the reason of a mitzvah? He says, basically, every mitzvah has embedded in it the light of Ein Saif. But it's gone who's in the mitzvah. For me, sometimes a mitzvah is just a technical thing, but really it's the Ein Saif. When there's going to be the gilu of the Ein Saif in the world... So there's going to be the gili, the revelation of the depth of every mitzvah. What's in every mitzvah? It's Hashem's Ratzin that's being expressed. How much is manifested of it? That depends on the person, that depends on the world. Generally, Teda Mitzvah represents the light of Hashem, which is manifested, which is closed in Chachma Elah, which is the divine wisdom. And that's Teda. Torah is Hashem's wisdom. It's Hashem's way of thinking. It's Hashem's way of looking at the world. It's His perspective. Every svara in Gemara, every svara in Mishnayas, is Chachmasesh Lakadish Baruch. Why do we learn the arguments? Rab Ami says this, Rab Asi says this, Rav says this, Shmuel just learn the halacha. The answer is every, every shita, every perspective is Chachma. It's Chachma Elah. But the is not like this. That's not Sonegeya. Every vert, every insight is divine wisdom. It's a reflection of divine wisdom. And then there is Hashem's Ratzon, the will, which is encapsulated by the mitzvah. 
Baruch Atah Hashem Alekeinu Malachaylam Ashagadishanu B'Mitzvah Yisav For this they made a bracha before every mitzvah. Every mitzvah. He sanctified us through the mitzvahs and commanded us, whether it's Laniach Tfilin, whether it's Al Mitzvah Tfilin, whether it's Lasatav Betzitzis, whether it's Likvaya Mezuzah, whether it's Lahadlik Nezhul Shabbos Kaidish. Pirush. Ki Abrach Avam Shachim Eratzin Alyan Barachulis Avaya Lekain of Elias Malachaylam, who Lefia Shekadishonah be Mitzvahis of Sharm Shachis Kaidish Alyan Vachachme Law, who be Mitzvahis of Eleno. What's the meaning of the bracha? Bracha, baruch, means to communicate. Hamavrich esagefen is when you bend the vine, you bring forth the vine, Further and down in the field, so he says, "Bracha is bracha v'hamshacha." Like in Hebrew, brecha is a pool that draws from the well, from the source of the water, from the faucet, whatever the source of the water is. So he says, "Baruch is a bracha v'hamshacha." It's a flow from Hashem's rotsin that this should become Baruch Hashem Elekenu, our God, Melech Ha'olam, the King of the World. This flow is because Kiddushanu b'mitzvaysof. Because the mitzvahs give us an access to his kedusha, to his chachma, to his kaidish. It says in Zoya that the 248 mitzvahs are the 248 organs of the king. What does that mean? The king has organs? The king has a varim? The king has a varim? So he says, Ramachi varim the malka, he says, These avarim, liyos malka. These are the avarim to become the king. What does this mean? An aver, a limb, an organ, is a keli that accesses a certain aspect of the soul. Every aver brings out the soul in a different way. Your hands, your arms or your hands, bring out one aspect of the soul. Your eyes bring out another aspect, the power of vision. Your nose brings out another aspect of the soul, the power of smell. Your ears bring out another aspect of the soul. The seat of consciousness is the brain, but every aver facilitates and embodies another aspect of the soul. So when you say the mitzvahs are the 248 organs of the king, what does it mean? It means each mitzvah is like a limb, it's an organ that embodies and manifests and facilitates another flow of divine consciousness, of divine desire. That's what a mitzvah is. In other words, a mitzvah, like it says mitzvah from the word safsa, connection. A mitzvah doesn't only mean a commandment. The word kiddushanu, it says in Tanya, is also from the word kiddushan, marriage. He was Mekadosh us, he betrothed us, he, got, he married us with the mitzvah. The mitzvah is an opportunity for connection. Connection with not, connection with the infinite. Connection with the and just like an aver. The soul without a body can't be embodied. The soul needs the avarim because the avarim bring out the body, they, the soul, they manifest the soul. So each mitzvah is an aver that accesses the Kedusha Halyoyna, Hashem's Ratzin and Hashem's Chachma, through this mitzvah into a person's life. That's why it's called the limbs of the king, the organs of the king. So the mitzvahs bring out the Chachma to the point that he becomes Melech Ha'olam. That's Melech Ha'olam. Baruch Hashem. The Bracha and Amshacha from you. To the point that it becomes Eleikeinu, our God. And Melech Ha'olam, it becomes Malchus, which creates the world which needs Tzimtzum. How does that happen? 
through the mitzvah, which is the Ratzon, which is his Kedusha. It brings out his Kedusha, it brings out his Ratzon. So the whole process is in the bracha before the mitzvah, this whole process we're talking about. That access is the Ratzon, because that is the Ratzon. For who inyan mitzvah, inyan mitzvah striches kavana. There's an expression in Gemara, mitzvahs require kavana. It's actually a machloikas, do mitzvahs need kavana, do mitzvahs not need kavana. But certainly everybody holds that it's much better if mitzvahs have kavana. And many shittas hold that mitzvahs striches kavana. Allah we paskin that usually mitzvahs min need kavana. So literally it means you have to have kavana that you want to do the mitzvah. Right, I'm blowing shoifer, I have kavana that I want to do the mitzvah of shoifer. I'm reading the Megillah, I want to do the mitzvah of Megillah. He says, mitzvah yesh ben beis pchinas. But there's a deeper element here. Mitzvahs have two aspects. Aleph, shekachu mitzvah samelech shetzivu One is, this is the mitzvah that he told us. This is a commandment. Habeis, hi kavanasa, shem taimi ha-mitzvahs. Shebehem val yadim nimshech erid sekbaruch ha-malubash v'mchinas chachmeila. One element of mitzvah is this is what Hashem wants. Another element of mitzvah is the reason for the mitzvah. What do we mean the reason for the mitzvah? Experiencing the divinity that flows through this mitzvah. That this mitzvah is a keli for Eirein Saif, which is manifested in Chachma Ilah, in the wisdom behind this mitzvah, this comes through this mitzvah. That's why before many mitzvahs, Many communities have a minute to say for the unity of Kutchebrichu and Shchinte. Shchinte, Hibchinis Mitzvah Samalek, Shubchinis Mamalekalam. What's the unity of Kutchebrichu and Shchinte? Shchinte is the divine energy that dwells in the world. That's the mitzvah of the king, which is called Mamalekalam, and it fills the worlds. Kutchebrichu, Hubchinis Kadash, Amovdal, Hubchinis Saivav Kalalman, Hubchinis Amshachas, Eden Saiv, Barachush, and Mishachum Mitzvahzu. This is the Ein Sov that comes through this mitzvah. You want to unite them. What does this mean? Mitzvahs require kavana. One element of the mitzvah is, I'm doing the mitzvah. Hashem wants me to do the mitzvah. I'm doing the mitzvah and I'm connecting to that. But mitzvah is kavana. Kavana means, he's saying here on a deeper level, Kavana is the Ein Soif that's embedded in the mitzvah. The Chachmeilah, the divine wisdom that's embedded in the mitzvah. That's completely transcendent of the finiteness. It's rooted in infinity. Mitzvah strich is Kavana. L'shem yichud kuchabrichu shchinte. You connect the kuchabrichu, which is Soif of Kavana, which is transcendent, Ein Soif, with shchinte, which is v'shachanti b'soichim, that which dwells in the worlds. And the two come together. The person does the mitzvah because it's the mitzvah of the king. So then in the soul dwells the Eirein Saif, which is communicated in this mitzvah. So there's the L'Shem Yichud Shchinte. When the Jew does the mitzvah because it's mitzvah samelech, this is the mitzvah of the melech. That's Shchinte. Okay, we'll explain more next time. I know this is a little nebulous. But the Nekudde here is that the Ratzin, which comes under Shoshana throughout the whole year, throughout the whole year, accessing that Ratzin, living with that Ratzin, responding to that Ratzin, that's the path of Torah and Mitzvahs, which is basically the limbs, the organs of the soul, of the body, which access 
that will and that desire in a very conscious and manifested way. Torah mitzvahs is the blueprint behind creation. It's the will behind creation. It's the wisdom behind creation. So therefore, that's the derech throughout the year, the whole year, to be able to access that flow of energy and be in an active relationship with your own source, with the source and the core of the whole creation. It'll be, it'll be more understood in the, in the, in the continuation. Be'ezir Hashem will continue the Maimah Thursday morning, 7.45. 9.30 we have here a woman's class in this room. Everybody have a beautiful day. Yeah, we'll soon see how Shaifa comes in. It's going to be later. Yeah. The mitzvah is the connection there. Hashem Yichud Kuchibrich Hoshchintah. Saying that before David, you're supposed to have a mind, all the you get all the kavanas, <laughs> so you say it. Kilo, I have it. Right. You don't really know it. Over here, it seems right. like it's almost like the same thing. How, how are we supposed to know the divine wisdom behind it? Right. So the ultimate reveal, revelation of it is in the future. But when a person learns Torah, yeah, and learns Pnimi Yisatayra, so you have access to some some of the of the energy of the of the of the truth that comes out in the mitzvah. Yeah. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.